Episode 7, The Ghost of Fair Meadow High. Murders do not happen often in Silver Hollow, but it's easy to mistake in the Halloween props for poor murdered folks when the Halloween season approaches. A hilarious mistake, even though it's only September. Sigh. But I guess that's how it is in Sleepy Silver Hollow. Dear Ambrose, I get it, it's still September, Halloween is more than a month away, but hey, now is also an appropriate time to give people a good scare and get into that Halloween spirit. People in Silver Hollow have already started to put up decorations for Halloween, and I'm telling you, those things are freaky. You remember Marina, right? With her cute chicken lawn gnomes? She dressed them up with blood and fangs and bloodshot eyes, and now they no longer look cute and funny. They look straight up terrifying. I was walking through town, and I got jump-scared by those lawn gnomes so badly, I thought my soul was returning to the heavens. I complimented Marina on the fake blood and tried to get a good laugh out of that, but she had this dead serious look in her eyes that implied that the blood was not fake, so I walked away very quickly. It's mid-September and Halloween is pretty far away, but maybe people in Silver Hollow like Halloween so much because the name of our town is similar to Sleepy Hollow, from the book The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. You know, that tale about the Headless Horseman? I think he terrorized people with flaming pumpkins or something, I can't remember. Anyway, the residents of Sleepy Silver Hollow like Halloween a lot, and my theory is that it's because the name bears close resemblance to the classic Sleepy Hollow. I trust you know there's a difference between the two. Now, here in Silver Hollow, we like a lot of holidays, some being unknown to the rest of the world. There are a couple of people who celebrate this thing called the Sea Sacrifice, in which they exchange different spices and soups and purify themselves with liquid nitrogen. I don't know how they are still alive. I think there's something in the spices they eat that protect them from freezing to death. This holiday happened somewhere in February or March, I think. There are a lot more people who participate in it than you think. Okay, so earlier today, Gray, Hannah, Samuel, and I planned a ghost hunting trip. Because ghosts. And we were bored. It was mostly Hannah's idea. She really wanted to try ghost hunting. She discovered an old school nearby, Fair Meadow High School, and read in an article that there was a lot of paranormal activity there. It would be the perfect early Halloween experience, something to get us into the Halloween spirits. Well, that's stupid, Gray said, as usual, scoffing, only to have Hannah reply, your mom is stupid, and I had to stop the argument from getting physical. 
then Samuel, the loudmouth, history-obsessed crow who nobody wants to be around, went on a long rant about witches and burning people at stake, which was fun to hear. And by that, I mean it was totally pointless and only made my head hurt. Nobody wants to hear a long lecture about the types of wood people use to burn witches. Where does Samuel even get this information? In the end, the people that went with Hannah on her ghost hunting operation were me, Gray, and Hannah's roommate, Alice. Samuel was scared to death that a witch was going to appear from the skies on a broomstick and cook him like a rotisserie chicken, so he decided to drop out, like the coward he is. At least we had Alice, who was a very cool person that really liked horror movies. She knew a whole lot about horror movie cliches and how to protect ourselves against them. She advised us to never split up, never try to fight a demon by ourselves, and to never make out with somebody because all three would guarantee instant death. A very gruesome death, she added. Okay, but that last part about her rules, we didn't really need to worry about. Like, nobody's gonna make out anytime soon, because Grey absolutely hates people in general, Hannah's crush wasn't there, Alice is a horror movie guru, and I'm a cat. That sounds really weird out of context. Don't not, do, don't, don't think too much about it. When it got dark, we took our flashlights and our amateur ghost reading equipment and went to Fairmeadow High. The high school is pretty old, but it doesn't have any ivory growing on it, nor were there any dead trees nearby, and the outside overall looked very clean, which reduced the scare factor drastically. Like, yawn. With the help of Alice's lockpicking skills, we were able to break into the building. Alice told us that she learned lockpicking lock just in case she ever got herself trapped in a gruesome death game led by a creepy puppet, and that's when I began questioning her sanity. There was nobody else in the high school except for us. I mean, unless you were there to do some ghost hunting, there was really no reason for you to be wandering around the halls at night. The whole place was kind of dusty and dirty, because there wasn't a janitor to tend to the building after hours. But the dustiness made things a bit spookier, if only by a fraction, so that was sort of a good thing. And it would have been awkward if there was a janitor there, because I doubt they would like it if three college students and a talking cat broke into the school building at night to hunt ghosts. This is stupid, Gray said for the hundredth time. I'm telling you guys, ghosts don't exist. Their existence has never been proven with solid, reliable evidence. This whole mission is pointless, and we're going to get in trouble, and we'll get mocked at for the rest of our lives. And yet he continued to follow us through the building. The first half hour of our ghost hunting experience was, uh, how do I say this, boring. There was nothing but the occasional gust of wind and the creaking of open doors. The only time our ghost detectors acted up during those long minutes was when Hannah accidentally dropped hers and it made a weird noise. I don't know how ghost detectors work. Our ghost detectors looked more like walkie-talkies than actual ghost detectors. Hannah claimed that she bought them from a discount shop, where she also bought a pack of gum. But seeing how the pack of gum was actually a pack of sticks of inedible rubber, I didn't feel very confident about the cheap walkie-talkie ghost detectors. 
After another 20 minutes, I offered for us to split up. I know never splitting up was supposed to be the most important rule of ghost hunting or any demon-related pursuits, but we couldn't find any ghosts, and I thought that by splitting up, the ghosts would think we were vulnerable and actually make an appearance. Having a near-death ghost experience is better than no ghost experience at all. Alice started to protest, saying that we were going to get ourselves killed, that this was how it always ended in the movies, blah, 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 blah. By the time she was done, we had already split up. We promised to alert each other if we found any ghosts. Gray went down one hallway, Hannah went down another, and I went up the stairs. It was a little bit spookier walking by myself. The hallways had an eerie feel to them, and the posters on the walls with the pictures of animals and motivational quotes written in comic sans above them looked kind of menacing in the darkness. For a few minutes, there was nothing. Then I heard someone above me go, BOO. Yes, someone above me. I looked up and I jumped at least three feet in the air in terror. Well, less terror and more surprise. There was a ghost above me, that was for sure, but when I stopped to look more properly, there was nothing really terror-worthy about her. Every part of her was a soft blue-gray and partially translucent, and she was floating in the air, which was the exact portrait of a classic, stereotypical ghost. But other than that, she looked like a completely normal high schooler. She had a long, flowing dress and long, flowing hair, both of which seemed to be moving in water. She smiled brightly at me and made jazz hands, then laughed hysterically. Okay, let me try to mimic her voice. Um, oh my god, you should have seen the look on your face. It was priceless. Like, it was so funny, I almost died. Again. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't mean to brag, but I have a sort of knack for voice impressions. I just can't do it with that Danny Rickaby guy, you know, from the Cloverwood Society, because of his stupid Aussie, British, Scottish, Canadian, Russian, whatever accent. So yeah, I stared up at the weird ghost girl who was now petting me on the head, which is, I'm sure you know, a very disrespectful gesture that people end up commonly doing. Her hand felt odd, though, like I felt like I was being petted by a river. It was cold and had a fuzzy feeling, even though it wasn't fuzzy. You're so cute, the ghost girl said. I always wanted a pet cat. What's your name? Do you have a name? I'm going to call you Smarties. No, Terminator. No, Cloudcake. No, Volkonski. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I got it. Pete. Yeah, you look like a Pete. How you doing, Pete? I swatted her ghost hand away and curtly informed her that I was actually named Willis. She clapped her hands and squealed, Oh my god, a talking cat! Goodness, it gets tiring when you have to explain to people that you're actually a powerful angel exiled from heaven and trapped in a mortal body to serve as punishment, even though the ruling was totally unfair, and now you're a domesticated cat with incredible intelligence and the capability to speak. You'd think people would know, but no, they don't. So I had to give that explanation to the ghost girl like I did with every new person I met. Maybe I should write up a pamphlet or something so people don't ask next time. That's so sad, 
the ghost girl said as she did a little spin in the air. Then she moved on. Anyway, my name's Ophelia. I don't remember what my last name is. I think it was Mick something or Briar or something, but I'm dead. So what does it matter? She giggled maniacally, which was disturbing. It sounded kind of like wind chimes. I asked Ophelia if she knew why my ghost detector wasn't, so well, detecting her. Ophelia shrugged, which caused her to bounce slightly in the air. You're doing that ghost hunting thing with your friends, right? She said. I saw you guys come in. Those ghost detector thingies are faulty, though, so it's gonna be a boring night for you guys. I also asked her if there were any more ghosts around. To my disappointment, Ophelia said there weren't. Not a lot of people have died around here, which is sad. Then she seemed to have remembered something. Oh, hey, there's that one guy that was buried here, you know? Uh, dum 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 Chester or something like that? Then she frowned. Oh, but he's not a ghost because he went to hell or something. I can't remember. He was murdered a long way from here, but someone buried him right next to this building. That definitely intrigued me. Really intrigued me. See, murders do not happen super often in Silver Hollow. I mean, what reason do you have to murder somebody in the first place? Yeah, sure, there's prejudice, blind hatred, lack of common sense, and all of those fun motivations, factors that affect humans, but come on, must you really get rid of an entire human from the face of planet Earth? When murders do happen here, it's a very rare, interesting case. I doubt there was even a murder during your stay at Silver Hollow. It's kind of a flex. Of course, I pressed Ophelia for details. Instead of responding right away, though, she spent some time just drifting in the air and picking her ghost nails while humming the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. Theme song. I couldn't tell which iteration it was from. It could have been the 2012 series, but it could have also been 2018. Then Ophelia remembered that I existed and spoke for a little bit. So this Chester guy, I think that was his name, or either like Charlie or something like that, I don't remember. He was buried about five-ish years ago. I really hoped he would turn into a ghost so that he could be my friend, but he didn't. So that's sad. So sad. I saw him getting buried by the science wing, and I think I spooked the murderer a little, or I don't know. It was all fun. He was just being weird, burying someone like that, who was actually gonna go to hell. I asked her if she knew who the murderer was. Ophelia had another one of those creepy, giggling fits. Oh my god, you know that girl that's going ghost hunting with you guys? You know, the one with the blonde, blonde hair and the red hat thingy with the weird stitchy thingies? Oh, she looked so much like the murderer guy. She sighed. He kept mumbling to himself, keep it together, Ambrose, keep it together, Ambrose. So I think his name was Ambrose or something. OMFG, is that girl Ambrose? I should go say hi. Um, so I'm I'm gonna stop right there because uh Ambrose, I've been meaning to ask you this. You didn't kill any anybody, did you? 
Now, I I'm sorry for accusing you of such a thing. I know that you would never hurt someone, let alone kill them. But I, I don't know. Like, you didn't, you didn't kill anybody, right? No, 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 you couldn't. You didn't, right? Please, please, tell me I'm right. You wouldn't kill anybody. I know you. You wouldn't harm anyone. Now, what, what did Ophelia mean? Listen, I know you're a good person, Ambrose, and I trust that you didn't do anything stupid like, uh, unalive somebody. If you tell me that you didn't murder that Chester guy or whoever Ophelia was talking about, I would obviously take your word for it. You're my friend. I know you wouldn't hurt anybody. Maybe you were friends with the murderer and you were threatened to be threatened and you had to bury the body. That That's a plausible explanation. You must have done it against your will. I just know you wouldn't do something like murder an entire human. You wouldn't. You would never. I know that. I, I know that. So Ophelia ranted for a bit about Mean Girls and Shakespeare, asked me if I wanted to be decorated with ribbons, and I declined. I was completely ridden with worry at the possibility that you had done that. You killed somebody. I urged Ophelia not to tell this to Hannah, or anybody else for that matter. Pleaded, sort of, which, which felt sort of pathetic. Ophelia nodded, giggled some more, and pat me on my head again, which only made me feel worse about the situation. After ruminating over the whole thing, I came to the conclusion that Hannah must not know about this, nor should Gray, nor Alice, nor anybody else except me, because be how are they going to react to the possibility that you killed somebody? Even though that's clearly not true, I, I just don't want Hannah to know that her own brother possibly committed a serious crime, and I don't want anyone else to know and spread word. I hope that this was the first and only time Ophelia told this information to someone. For the sake of a distraction, well, mostly for myself, I invited Ophelia to meet the rest of the ghost hunting group. Ophelia eagerly followed me downstairs, where Hannah and Alice were chatting. They turned and jumped simultaneously upon seeing Ophelia, which I have to admit was kind of funny to watch. Ophelia laughed and laughed, and she greeted the two very enthusiastically. They chatted for a bit, and Hannah also asked how Ophelia died. Ophelia did that shruggy thingy again and said, I don't know, I just kinda died. Thank goodness she didn't mention that Chester guy once. Gray eventually joined us, and only he was the one who didn't jump in place at the sight of Ophelia. Instead, he screamed and threw his flashlight at her. It passed right through Ophelia and hit a locker, making a loud noise, and Ophelia stared blankly at Gray as he quickly and very calmly passed out. Hannah and Alice rushed to shake Gray awake, and I slapped him in the face several times, but it took a few minutes for him to regain consciousness. He stared at Ophelia, perplexed and horrified, and kept saying over and over, It's not scientifically possible. He continued to mumble like this as we left the high school. Unfortunately, not even Gray acting like a stupid idiot could cheer me up this time. We said our goodbyes to Ophelia, and Ophelia yelled a very loud and cheery, Bye! Back. She somersaulted, then floated up into the air, disappearing into the ceiling. Everyone still seemed to be in shock because of the whole ordeal.
That was crazy, Hannah said as we left the building, while Alice fixed the lock and Gray babbled on about scientific inaccuracies. Though I do regret not getting proper ghost reading equipment, she continued. Then we would have found Ophelia faster. Speaking of which, how exactly did you find her? I explained that she just appeared out of nowhere and said boo. A typical ghost thing to do. Hannah laughed and it made me feel really guilty because she doesn't know what I know and I have to hide it from her and that's taking a toll on my conscience and oh my stars, I'm gonna throw up. Alice reviewed all of the horror cliche mistakes we made that would have gotten us killed. Grace struggled to accept the fact that ghosts were real. Hannah seemed really happy with our ghost hunting experience and the whole time I just nodded and said, uh-huh, while trying not to spill the giant secret that was threatening to make me implode. We parted ways. I went to a nice tree to lie in and here I am telling you what happened today. I know you didn't murder anyone. I know it in my heart, there's clearly been a mistake is all, and I'm gonna try to fix it. Although with what I learned about you this past month, I'm kind, I'm kind of wondering, I mean, your secret involvement in the Cloverwood Society, and I, I've thought about this, with that encounter with the illusionist girl, Annabelle, you remember her, she said that her mom was a lawyer, and she thought Hannah was you, and she seemed to be implying that you had a lawyer, that lawyer was her... No, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. This is this is silly. <laughs> this this is just silly. I need to stop thinking about this. I know. I know you didn't do anything wrong, Ambrose. I know. I know. But p please talk to me, okay? Sincerely, your friend, Willis. Sleepy Silver Hollow is a production of Crown Crow's Corner. Episodes are written and produced by August Cress. Cover art is by August Cress. New episodes are released bi-weekly on Saturdays. For more information, visit our website, crowncrowscorner.com. Thank you for enjoying this episode.